1: great advances in prison rape or space travel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Father of the bar and the Holy Toast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to FauxFop, I'm Will Anderson and uh, returning uh, as guest Charlie Clawson, Justin Hamilton, welcome back.
1: I feel like I'm letting down the guest Charlie Clawson side of things. What do you mean? Because, uh, you know, we do the show The Shelf and it's every Monday night uh, during the comedy festival. Yes. And we have a photographer who comes along and, and takes some great pictures. Yes. And so, I was looking at the latest pictures today, and then I noticed something, and I went back to the first ones. And you know what? Like, I'm not going to talk myself up, but I was looking pretty good in the first one. Right. But because it's week to week, it's like a, you know, one of those cameras that's on time lapse, and I am just degrading. (laughs) week to week you're like you're like the nightly weather report with
0: the storm coming in <laughs> oh except my. the storm is cake <laughs> and, and <then> late <laughs> night fast food potato cakes
1: <laughs> the clouds are fat <laughs> and it's uh, and the clouds also have a receding hairline that seems to get uh, more pronounced with the more weight I not, put on. Oh right. So you think like when you put on weight your hairline looks further back? Yeah it does. <laughs> and I am and so of course I saw Clausen recently and he looks so good yeah. and he's so fit and he just he does. emanates. Well he's acting Hell. on a beach. Yeah.
0: With young people. Oh there's it, even a gym in that show. Yeah. Now. That's how healthy Home and Away is now. Wow. There's actually one of the it's not just the surf club and
1: the diner anymore. Yeah. A lot of it's set in the gym. Yeah. Oh man, God! Of course he's going to be fit. If I didn't love him, I'd hate him. Right? It's uh. <laughs> so anyway, but I have a feeling, and yeah. I'm I'm holding you accountable for this because. What do you mean? Well, you know, and you know this is a fact you have been sending out some pretty strong vibes that you've wanted me to turn into George Costanza <laughs> for well over a decade now that's and, true and i think when it, you say vibes i've just been saying that out loud yeah it's, and saying that out loud has turned into a vibe that right. i think has taken root inside of me and it's happening. You've released your
0: inner Costanza. I, I'm
1: not trying to. Right. But
0: it's happening. Costanza's just breaking out of you. I'm like the... You're like the Hulk, but yeah. you're the incredible Costanza. Yeah, it's
1: furious. I get furious and I oh, just get whiny. Jerry! He's Costanzering up.
0: You know, you don't want to make him annoyed. You're not going to like him when he's annoyed. Oh, yeah. My, my shirt doesn't uh, rip. It just stretches. That's really funny. Oh, I love that idea. Well, I'm the same. Like, I mean, listen to my voice. I'm... A bit croaky. Yeah, and um, I've not been healthy this festival. I remember I, it, it hit me about three weeks into this festival, yep. where I was like, "Oh my god, you're like nearly forty, yeah, and you're drinking like a minimum of six drinks a night, like yeah. every single night, and minimum. Yeah, uh, that's like my baseline. Yeah, every single night. I'm eating crappy food. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not resting. I'm working every single day. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I can't do this. No, I've got to be one of those people who goes home after shows and yep. eats healthily and yep. looks at the fe- – fit. I always describe it as like um, seeing me at the start of the festival as opposed to seeing me at the end of the festival. Mm-hmm. It's like tuning into a random episode of Friends on repeat and looking at Matthew Perry. <laughs> Perry, yes. And you're never like, oh, my God, he's so thin at the moment. He looks great. Oh, my God, he's allergic to something. Yeah. He's anaphylactic. <laughs> he's he swelling up. Somebody get him some – Oh, it's devastating, isn't yeah. it?
1: Well, wait till you get to that extra year and it makes a difference. It does? Nah, it makes a difference as in everything's worse. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the first two weeks I was pretty good, actually. I was cooking at home, I was looking after myself, but then, you know, you can only say no to having a drink where you're performing so many times before you become that guy. Right. And you don't want to be that guy, so you say, you know what, I'll have a drink, (laughs) I'll partake in that, whatever that thing is that makes me want to eat a lot of chocolate, and then... Suddenly, You You ate a lot of
0: chocolate. And then the next day you wake up feeling rubbish and you're like, oh, the only thing that can make this better is fat and carbs.
1: Yeah. I I have for the last three nights, and this is disgusting, I have eaten a box of cheese biscuits and washed it down with some bounty bar. (laughs) 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 Then gone and laid on my bed and wondered why I'm single and going to die alone. And then woken up in the morning and gone, no, no, I know why. No, you know what? Like, the bounty bar, you know what the big
0: trendy thing at the moment in health is? No. Coconut water. Oh, and a yeah. bounty bar is essentially just coconut water. It's solid water. Chocolate. Yes. So, I would say it's probably really good for you. Mm. You're probably looking younger than you would be if you weren't having those
1: bounty bars. Oh, that's, that's a horrific thought.
0: You probably should... <laughs> You probably should rub some of that Bounty
1: bar on your face for a couple of hours before you lick it off. Well, sometimes when I look in the mirror when I go to brush my teeth, I think I have. I stood up the other day and I had like a shroud of turin made out of out of crumbs from biscuits. You've essentially you've got the Joker's makeup, but it's just smeared chocolate bars, smeared chocolate. (laughs) Why so serious? Hey, um, have you, uh, uh, oh, I know you have seen it, but yep. uh, did you enjoy the latest Man of Steel trailer? I did.
0: Mm. Uh, I feel like I might enjoy it more than I'll enjoy the movie. What? Well, I What just, does that mean? Well, I still don't trust Zack Snyder. So I, have, um, uh, I still have fears about the movie, mm. but I enjoyed the trailer a great deal. You know that Christopher
1: Nolan is a control freak. I do, and he is producing it. I hope that he's directed it and just not told anybody. <laughs> like, but, but Zack Snyder has a good uh, has good flair. Oh, he's got great flair. Yeah. I think visually, he yeah. does a
0: really good job. I just yeah. think his stories
1: aren't, you know, well put together. But he hasn't put together the story. No, so it's Goya, because you know the story behind it, don't you? Uh, we will explain. Oh,
0: so uh, just by the way, and I know this is probably a really silly thing to ask, but. You know how Superman has a beard when he's on the boat? Yeah.
1: Like his wilderness years? Yeah. How does he shave his beard? Well, in the comics, yeah. it used to be he would get a mirror and he would put his heat ray vision onto it and he'd right. just burn it off. And he would burn it off his own face. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Do you think they will do that in the movie? I hope so. I would love to see that scene.
0: <laughs> so would I. Or he brings out a special Gillette razor. Yeah, Kryptonite with like a, in. With a Kryptonite
1: blade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. That, they can, that would be a good
0: idea. And it really hurt him to shave.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he hates it. That, that's, that's how much he he does for people, is that he hates shaving, but he knows it's better that he's clean cut yep. to inspire greatness. Yeah. Um, so the idea for Man of Steel came from when Goya and Nolan were working on The Dark Knight Rises and yep. they, they hit us point where things weren't flowing, so they said, let's put it aside and let's just play around with some other ideas, and then Goya said, well, this is how I do Superman, right. and this is how powerful Nolan is. He just got... Uh, Goya stopped speaking. He called the head of Warner Brothers and said, you need to listen to Goya, and that's how this movie came about. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm super confident. All right. Uh, uh, not you meeting. always are, though. I am. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, you know. I'm. I'm an optimistic moviegoer. Yeah. Yeah. But I also uh, think this looks great. You know, the, the the most important thing that they had to get right is it's just nailing the cast. Do you know right. what I mean? I think I think the baggage that... And Amy the, Adams is in it, so I would like to nail that part of the cast. Without a doubt. If you know
0: what I'm saying? I
1: do. Right? Amy Adams, if you're listening. Yes, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Could you listen? I reckon she's great. She's got moxie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like Kate Bosworth in that last film yeah. was like a, you know, a vanilla wafer and a manila folder pressed up against a beige wall. Oh, she's terrible though. Oh, yuck. Much worse than that, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I like vanilla yeah. wafers. <laughs> And I'd use Manila
0: folders. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, uh, Instead
1: of being the thriller in Manila, she is the vanilla in Manila. <laughs> she's the vanilla in Manila. Oh, the fight that we all stop watching halfway through. But, the, uh, but Amy Adams, like mm. Lois Lane has to be the most interesting woman in the world right. to get the perfect man. Exactly. And Amy Adams is cool, you know, and she's got, like even in that little scene you see of them together, you know, she's got that Margot Kidder moxie.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. Mm. Because you know what? The, the temptation's always to go with like a Brad and Angelina relationship. Mm-hmm. But it's not a Brad and Angelina. Not at all. They're not the same. Like, they're not meant to be Superman and Superwoman. No. It's Superman and Lois Lane. Yep. I like it.
1: Yeah, I no, like it. I think it. that's a good choice, too. Uh, and also the two actors that they brought to brought in to play, the father figures, mm. they bring the perfect baggage with them. So, of course, Russell Crowe is jor yeah. the father of Jesus. Of yeah. course, Russell Crowe can do that. And his vo- he's got an amazing voice, yeah. and he-, he will be incredible. But he is a vengeful God. He is a vengeful yeah. God, right? And yeah. R- Russell Crowe, he's hes all of that. You- right. We've heard his band. But then you have Kevin Costner playing Pa Kent. Yeah. And he's perfect with the baggage he brings. Right, because he grew up in a field of dreams. He did. He's going to teach him how to play baseball.
0: Imagine that. Oh, yeah. Well, he will. Actually, there will be that scene, probably. Without a doubt. Because that's a famous Superman
1: scene, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's that moment where the, the young Clark Kent says, oh, you know, he's just discovered that he's alien in the trailer. And he says, you know, can I still pretend to be your son? And Kevin Costner's voice just breaks perfectly when he says, you are my son. And the way he says it, he goes, fuck, man. I don't know who you are in the real world, but... Kevin Costner on the screen is fucking perfect. I love him. <laughs> it's a good, I mean, it's good when he plays those sort of characters. Without a doubt. Right. You know, Field of
0: Dreams, you yeah. know, he's so great. And it's that. good when someone else casts him as Kevin Costner, as yeah. opposed to him casting himself as, as a postman. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: or as um as a as a as a guy who likes pies and lives in Sherwood Forest. Right. <laughs> I didn't mind that.
0: I, I, even that. That's how charismatic. Yes. Yeah, he is. It's still even fun. in that terrible 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 yeah. film. I still thought he was pretty fun in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old Middleweight Robin Hood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the uh also oh so that kind of li- anyway, I think the movie looks great and I right. reckon it's going to be spectacular and there's a few movies I'm looking forward to But that is the top of the list. And you know what? It's going to be Nolan, it's Goya, it's going to have great flair, it's got father issues, and it's got a guy who rises up above it all and fucking lays the smack down on dudes who deserve it. I don't know what more I want in a film. I'm looking forward to Iron Man 3. I think I'm looking forward
0: to Iron Man 3 more than I'm looking forward to Superman. Well, you're not a Superman fan. No, I'm not really. Yeah. No. I mean, don't tell Superman, though. Like, I mean. He already knows. No, he doesn't need to know. He's got great hearing. He doesn't, yeah, but he's not hearing everything at the same time. You don't know. I don't know, but that's. (laughs) Doesn't he have to concentrate on listening into
1: something? He might be a fan of this podcast. Right.
0: Imagine listen. that if that's what he was using his super hearing
1: for yeah. to illegally download podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't wait for Will to finally release it in in one ear. I'm going to I'm going to listen with both ears. Wait a minute. Why is he like Iron Man more than me? Uh, I, I um. No, I just seen that next Iron Man film. I thought Iron Man two was rubbish, by the way. Oh, it's horrific. Uh, but it's all the things that were good about the first one pumped up so they were bad, mm. if that makes sense. So, you know, all the Absolutely. all that great ad-libbing in the first one was just lost in the second one. The 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 quiet swagger it had in the first one, it was just all swagger and it really, it felt like there was too much of the real Robert Downey Jr. in it. And then when he got back into the Avengers and he was part of the ensemble, it was like, oh, this is the Robert Downey Jr. I like. And this movie looks like it's more that.
0: Yeah, and I think because um, Shane Black's involved and... Uh, yeah. He's, he's just writes great stuff.
1: Yeah, you know so great trailer because yep. you know the hero, you know the hero is not nothing bad is going to happen to the hero, right? right? But in the trailer you see the uh, the plane explode and all those people flying out and there's that great moment of how many people are there? Fourteen. How many can I carry? Four. And you just get the you know you get the Samuel Beckett oh boy yeah. and uh, and you go man you've just raised the stakes right? That's good yeah because I don't know how he's going to do this and I want to see how he's going to do it. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good trailer. It's exciting. You know I saw the first. 20 minutes of the new Star Trek as oh, well yeah.
0: and was it the first 20 minutes or is it a random 20 minutes uh,
1: it was it was it was about it was tw- 20 odd minutes it, uh, maybe the last couple of minutes were a little bit further in the movie so but the first 18 and uh, man that's good too like it's it's got a got a spicy beginning it's even got a there's even a moment that's reminiscent of Raiders of the Lost Ark when people see it they'll go oh I know the bit that you're talking about then it's They introduce the characters quickly, like you really get a sense of who each person is. And I really like Chris Pine as Kirk. I reckon he's got that that good swagger. And you get a taste of Benedict Cumberbatch, and how good is he? Oh, who? I
0: mean, who in our listening audience wouldn't want to taste of Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah,
1: I usually have it on the side. Right,
0: because it can overpower Benedict Cumberbatch on the side, if you don't mind. (laughs) Is this uh, Benedict Cumberbatch fresh, or is it a powdered Cumberbatch? Because either way, I'd like some.
1: Yeah, but if it's
0: fresh on the side,
1: yeah, I'm definitely on the side. Yeah, but that looks good too. So that's that's Iron Man in April, Star Trek in May, Superman. In June. That's that's three Man, good months. Three good reasons to live for three more months. Yeah, so something better come out in July.
0: <laughs> hey, um, how about this? This is what I found out today. Mm. I'm going
1: to Alaska. Um, uh, have you done something wrong? Are you yeah, I'm not exiled? being sent to Alaska. Right.
0: I'm on purpose, going to Alaska. That's cool. I don't even really know much about Alaska. Is that where Northern Exposure was? Yeah.
1: And, yeah. Well, I know about that. And Sarah So I, I
0: assume I'll be treated as some sort of... Uh, you know, city slicker who doesn't know the country ways. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah Palin. You can see Russia from there. I know that, right? There's there's three things. Apparently you can't see Russia from where I'm going to be going, Fairbanks or somewhere like that it's called. I'd I'd be pretty disappointed
1: about that. Then I can't see Russia. Yeah, if you're going to go to Alaska, you want to see Russia.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I just walk around and every get... Where can I see Russia from? Yeah. What do I have to... Which building do I have to get on top of? Excuse me, guys. Come on. Where's Russia? Point me in the direction of Russia. Maybe I can see it when I fly in on the plane. Oh, uh, maybe. Right? Yeah, okay. I could spot
1: Russia from there. Still give it a crack then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know much about Alaska at all. No. Um, but if there's anyone listening who is in Alaska, please come and see my shows.
1: Yeah, what's, what's the deal?
0: Um, so I'm, I'm going down, the, the, they've got a little circuity thing they do there, so I've been offered four nights just kind of doing the, you know, headlining the four sort of one night as they have in Alaska. So, That's cool. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I just take all those things, like, you know, if people offer me, like I was lucky enough earlier this year, you know, to do, you know, Minneapolis and Denver yep. and a bunch like that, I'm basically, you know, if, if someone's like, hey, we want you to come there and it's a place I've never been before, Yeah. I just kind of think, why not? Yeah. Why else would I go to Alaska? Exactly. I mean, other than to see Russia. Yeah, <laughs> or r- r- live out your northern exposure fantasies. Right. Imagine that, if I just moved into a, uh, a tiny little town in Alaska and started
1: hosting uh, Morning Breakfast Radio. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. There is, I can kind of picture that happening at some point. And what then, do you mean? I could picture you doing something like that at some point, and then one day, like at, like at some point, insignificant time like three thirty-seven p.m on a on a thursday just you suddenly going what the fuck am i doing how did this happen my god this just seemed like a concept and uh, i've been here for three and a half years you know what now that you mention it
0: just being like the morning dj inside an obscure alaskan
1: country town yeah there
0: is some sort of appeal to that
1: without a doubt you you've spoken to the, the those djs in australia you right. know they they they're, they're so they're so friendly but they're so confident and they'll right. say to you before you go on air don't worry mate this will be fun this will be painless just relax and you'll have a good time and you sit there and you go well i've done heaps of radio yeah but all right and then they 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 really turn it on as well it's not just "Hi, oh, hi welcome to the show they talk to you like this and then it's like okay we're back it's Alice Springs FM. That last song was the latest song by Jimi Hendrix. And uh, (laughs) we've got Funny Man. He's a good guy. Like there's always, you're a good guy as well. Bill Anderson. I got the opposite recently. Really? Yeah, I went into a radio
0: station. I won't name it. But um, I went into a radio station uh, during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah. And um, this will actually go up. There will still be a few days left of goodwill at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So if you want to come out and see it or if you want to see Justin at the Comics Lounge... Uh, there's still a few more days of that to go. Mm. So they're my only Melbourne um, Goodwill shows for, uh, for 2013. So uh, there'll be about four left or three left when this goes up. So, um, yep. yeah, get in if you want to see it. Um, but I went, I was, I've had to do a lot of publicity mm. because obviously I'm in a... You're in a bigger place. Yeah. I, I said to someone the other day, it's like having every home game of football at the MCG no matter how well it's selling, there are probably tickets available.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, to walk out there for 21 nights in an almost 1,500-seat theatre has been an amazing experience. But it also meant that I had to do every bit of public theatre that came my way. Yeah. There was no point where you were like, okay, I'm, I'm, we're selling well enough, I can have a sleep in. Yeah. I've been on the most ridiculous things. I was on an AFL super coach show the other day. Right. Where, like, they give tips about, you know, playing supercoach in the AFL.
1: Yeah.
0: But, you know, maybe those people buy comedy tickets, so... You don't know. I did that. So, I also meant I did a few radio shows that I don't traditionally do. Like, right. yeah you know, ones that aren't, you know, mates of ours
1: who work in radio or whatever. Yeah. So I like went, you had a good experience on uh, one that you I, I guess you wouldn't do that normally, but you had a good experience on Triple M with right, M- Malloy. Right, that's So uh, a great
0: ma- a mate of ours, Mick Malloy, who's one of the funniest comedians in Australia. Yeah, uh, does it with a guy called Luke Darcy, uh, who was an ex-player uh, for my club, the Bulldogs. Yep, and we're friendly as well. And then Mr. Media in Australia, a guy called Eddie Maguire. Yeah, who you know used to host every TV show, and at one stage was in charge of the Nine Network, and he is president of the Collingwood Football Club, the biggest football club in the country, and you know, over the years has been the punchline of a few jokes that I've done.
1: Well, yeah, cause he's, but he's big. You know, like That's he's, what he's... he's high status. Right. Like this guy, for anyone who doesn't know who Eddie Maguire is, this is how high status he is. When he turns up to do breakfast radio <laughs> in the morning and he turns up about <laughs> 5, 5.30am, he literally walks in wearing a suit. Now, I don't know if uh, you've ever done uh, Breakfast Radio before, but it's, it's really tracky-dacks and oh, happy to loose-fitting work. T-shirts. You're happy
0: to work to get there wearing pants. <laughs> yes. Like, a... if you actually have pants on when you arrive. Yeah, He wears an Armani
1: suit. An Armani suit. An Armani suit to work every morning. So he is as high a status as you can get in this country. So, you know, but also a good sport. Well, he was great to me. Yeah.
0: And i got to say, it was really fun to do the show and I really enjoyed it. And I thought he was a great sport about it all.
1: But that's not the show we're talking about. No.
0: <laughs> but if we talk about enough of the shows that I'm not talking about, eventually yeah. people will be able to work it out. So let's not do that. Okay. I was about to say. I went and did another show. Yes. Um, and on air, they were delightful to me and I have no complaints at all. Professional. But all I'm going to say is this is how it went down when I walked into the studio. This is the first thing that was said to me by the host. You should be very grateful that we've had you on. Comedians don't normally bring it on radio. Not, hello, welcome no. to the show. Yeah, he, That was literally the first thing the man said to me. What does that even mean? I don't know. It, that, that sounds- I honestly, I was just like, uh, if, if you would like me to show you, you my dick and see how big it is, we can do that right now. It, should we just get our dicks out?
1: It could be secret sound.
0: Is that... <laughs> What's what's this? Is the secret sound my dick and your dick laying on the table so we can compare those dicks? Because that seems like, I thought I was coming in for an interview, I did not realise I was coming in for a dick measuring competition.
1: I should have warned you.
0: I'm happy to take part if you, I mean if that's what we're playing, if this is an improv game and you're like, show us your dick, I will show you my dick.
1: I've got a lot of tickets to
0: sell. Right. (laughs) I wouldn't ordinarily show you my dick, but I have a very big venue. (laughs) And if I need to get my dick out to get a plug away,
1: then let's do this. I'll feel good about the size of my dick if it fills a
0: row. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, obviously my dick can't be too big because people won't want to sit down the front. No, not at all. You know, but that's why it's three stories. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Three different layers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a heck of a radio segment. Wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It was amazing. I'd probably listen to that show. That's a very... You know that I... Well, it's passive-aggressive. Well, it's it's even... but It's (coughs) passive-aggressive, but it feels like he left out a lot of the passive. (laughs) Because it's, uh, you know, it's also like... It sounds like someone who... I feel like I know who it is, but... Well, you do know who it is. I do know who it is. I was going with the theatre of it No, I appreciate that. I know exactly who it is. All right, well, this is what this says to me. He is funny within the context of a certain demographic that listens to his radio show. Yeah. So that and very that is very successful. Very successful and that is legitimate. And I and I don't have any problem with him. No. I just felt felt it was a very But he has a problem. I was
0: glad I literally was glad that they were having me on. Yeah. I have a lot of stick- tickets to sell. Yeah, you have <laughs> I me. was willing to get my dick
1: out. I know. But I just found it was really weird that that was the way that he started it. But he obviously has an issue with Because you're funny in a different way, which is in many different mediums. So you're coming into his thin sliver of the comedic medium. And so he was probably feeling a little bit threatened by that. So he needed to put you in your place to say don't think that you'll be funnier than me here, and then I'm guessing you were.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I was. Yeah. <laughs> On purpose. Yeah. Like, I tried really hard. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, motivated entirely by what he'd said. Yeah. I was like, well, fuck you, here it comes. Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm I- going to give you 25 minutes of last year's show within the four minutes we've got. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. What a great (laughs) bit Turns out (laughs) Revengers have served comedically
0: Uh, Yeah but you know The other thing is He probably went to a meeting Afterwards and went Well I got the best out of him With that challenge Maybe Maybe that was his way of Maybe he was actually being very kind, but he knew that yeah. it would fire me up and I'd do a good job. Oh, no, he maybe, didn't. Maybe that's what he's like. <laughs> yeah. He's like one of those unconventional
1: coaches, you know, that yeah. plays mind games with you to get me into my zone. Did he wink at you on the way out as you were walking out? Did he go, hey, Will, and then you turn around and gave you a wink? like, Because that would suggest that yeah. he did. And
0: then I took my dick out again. Yeah. And I was
1: like, why do you keep taking your dick out? I've got a lot of tickets to sell. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you listen to this podcast in the future? <laughs> you know, um, well, you'll appreciate this and uh, people listening, If um, <coughs> I, I write uh, blogs about every show, uh, that, uh, every stand-up gig I perform. Yeah. and uh, if- One of those things that is, if you are interested in
0: comedy, what an amazing thing that you're doing. If you knew how much hard work it was going to be when you started doing it. Oh, I may have
1: blinked yeah you know what i mean it's uh because a lot of work well what you don't realize is that you can be present in a gig and you can get off stage and think about the gig but when you get home the gig is gone right and so what you're doing is you're holding on to everything that's happened and then you're writing about it and every blog is anywhere between i think the smallest one's been 700 words yeah you know so uh but it it's it's been a lot of work, and this is this will be the worst part of the year for maintaining it because of course, because so you're, you're and every right. night. Yeah. yeah, and in Australia, like I would hate to be a New Yorker, London comedian doing it because then you would probably have a nervous breakdown because you right. can do a lot more gigs. Yeah. But um, anyway, so. Uh, I had a gig um, recently where I put on, you know, when you've washed jeans and yep. they're, they're feeling a bit tight, you know, they're clean. I do know that.
0: Yeah. Mine are tied at the best of times.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know why I said it that way, but I do know they are. Yep. So anyway, I walked on. <laughs> I walked down to the gig and uh, there was 500 people at the gig, so it was sold out. Like they put out extra right. seats up the back, so that Perfect. feels good. Yeah. And then uh, I was introduced and when I walked on stage, to my left, there were two tables that were empty a three-seater and a two-seater. Yeah. And it's like there's still 500 other people there, but your first thought is, where the fuck did you guys where go? Where are those guys? Why would you sit around for the whole show and then not wait for the headliner? Like, I it's not even about me. It's about you've hung around for the whole show. Right. Why didn't you hang to see the headliner? Right. So that that just plays on your mind a bit. And also, They probably just needed to go
0: home early. The show was running late or something. Possibly. Or like the couple in my front row last, last night because their friends were there. Yep. And the other two didn't make it for the whole show and I'd spoken to them at the start found out all the the information about the couple because I thought when they come in I'll be able to do all this fun thing that'll be a great payoff and then they just never turned up wow and I was like by the end I was worried yeah I (laughs) I hope they're okay okay. I mean they bought tickets right down the front
1: yeah Uh, they must be big fans right they didn't have to wait for you to do any pranks on <laughs> commercial radio. So anyway, so I've walked out... Anyway, you, you've got that going through your head and it also just kind of creates a bit of a barrier between the next row of people because it's, right. you know, it's uh, cabaret seating, so yeah. there's a bit of a space there. So anyway, this is all going through my head and as I take the microphone and start speaking, somewhere in the dark, I hear some women laugh and I don't know what it was... Uh, it was, well, A, it was I hadn't really said anything funny as right. yet, and that's always a big warning, yeah. but there was something about the laugh that made me just think, "Am I? is my cock sticking out of these jeans? Like, is my, are my jeans so tight that I'm doing a pressed ham through denim with my balls and cock? And uh, I thought, God, that's that's really full on, so I was performing for the rest of the 500, wondering where those two tables had gone, and I was trying to move around, like, John Cleese and Faulty Towers. Oh, uh, to try to get the cock down the pants. Yeah, just trying to shake to the junk loose, you know? Shake it down. Yeah, in, yeah. In, if that's what it was. Right. I didn't know. So I'm Of just...
0: course. I mean, you, you, you've just, like, heard a girl laugh in a way that there's just a tiny little bit of derision or something in there. Yeah. Or mocking. Yeah. I'm making fun of you, man.
1: Yeah. And wasn't... you've
0: decided... It's because you're too tight in your jean.
1: Yeah, and it could have been anything. Could have, could have been anything. Could have been the weight I've put on. Could it be the receding hairline. They might have, have been... thought I looked like George Costanza. Like, it could have been so many things. <laughs> they might just love Seinfeld. They might They're just... They're like, oh my God, it's Costanza. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for him to say Jerry. Right. But anyway, I guess I am a little bit full of myself and I just figured it was about my cock. So anyway, right. so for 20 minutes I'm moving around and shaking and jiggling and performing and the gig's going well. Right. But after Except 20- that everybody thinks you're Mick Jagger all of a sudden. Yeah, they go, what's going on with Grandpa up there? But then after 20 minutes, I thought, you know what, I don't give a fuck. If it's my cock, it's my cock. Right. What ifs. Yeah, just let it go. Let we it get go. It anyway, I did the rest of the gig, got off stage, uh, told uh, the comedians I was performing with, and they laughed because it's so... It's so kind of egotistical. I mean, it's
0: weird. It's weird. It's weird
1: to think that's what it is. It is
0: weird. I mean, it's actually bizarre. It is bizarre. Now that I think about it, Mm. I don't think that I would ever think, oh, it's because people are staring at my genitals.
1: Not at all. And I don't know why. I I just figured it was the genes. That's where, that's where it came from. The jeans were a bit tight, and I just thought... I've never, I've never thought this about my cock, by the way. Right. I've never... I actually don't even really think about my cock. No. You know? I
0: mean, other than when it's necessary. But why would you think about it otherwise? I don't
1: even really think of it then. <laughs> well, I mean, but you've got to... Oh, like, to do we? Yeah. Yeah, like, i I better aim this. Right. Yeah. But you're not even thinking about it. No. No, no, I'm thinking about the target, right? And what's coming out of it, but yeah, and looking and thinking, is that right? right? Oh, I had vitamin tablets,
0: you know, so <laughs> beetroot chips at <I> midnight. Mean, no. <laughs> beetroot chips—that's no, chips. the one that will kill you. Oh my god! You, you, if, if you you've ever, if you stayed in a nice hotel where they had beetroot chips, like the Emporium in oh, Brisbane,
1: yeah,
0: um, the amount of times I've come at home after a gig, yeah, nectar packet of beetroot chips, at, chips at one o'clock in the morning, yes. forgotten about it, yeah, woken up the next day with a stonkin hangover, which was the reason I was eating beetroot chips at one o'clock in the morning, yeah, and then. Looked down as I'm going to the bathroom and thought I was about to die. Oh my god, it's 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 horrific. I think you? that I have to in the future. I have to actually, when I've finished eating the beetroot chips, I need to go and place them on top of the toilet. Yeah, he, so that in the morning when
1: I toma, like, ah, that's right, beetroot chips. We can we can remake the movie Memento, but right. it's just all the chips that you've eaten and that you have to keep reminding yourself. <laughs> Who was this? Oh, that's right, beetroot yeah. Chips. So anyway, so I got, uh, I went home that night. Got up the next day, was writing the next blog about the gig, and I yeah. thought, I thought I'll write about that. You know, the because there's something it's interesting. Funny.
0: It's nice. It's it, good, It's a good insight into your mind. Yeah, and you I mean, know, the shit that can go on in a performer's head. You know, it might not even be right.
1: In the middle of a gig, exactly. you can be entertaining five hundred people and be thinking, I think my junk's showing.
0: Well, I mean, before we get to this, yeah. I'm, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, So, the Melbourne Comedy Festival's All Star show Mm -hmm. was on the other night. And I did that show, and our friend Tom Gleason uh, hosted the show. Yeah. Uh, Really, really funny. Um, On the night, I had a technical malfunction. Um, I went out on the stage. My boob popped out. (laughs)
1: Justin Timberlake was there. <laughs> Everyone
0: me. was like, ah, oh, he's staged this. He's put this on. He's put this on. Yeah. I, I didn't have a wardrobe malfunction. Right. I had a technical malfunction. Basically okay. what happened is um, I like to perform with the microphone in the stand. Yeah. And the reason is it anchors my energy but it also, I like to use both hands. And yep. And all the, even when I'm using both hands it might not be I'm like signaling with both hands but yep. I like to cross my arms, you know, sometimes and lean into a joke or I like to put my... Quite often I find I put my hands in my jacket pocket and talk and stuff like that. Yep. I just like to perform like that. Yeah. So on the night, the the microphone stand, because it's not my gig, it's, you know, they've got a bunch of comedians going on and off. Yeah. They just set the height of the microphone stand, just like... Just a couple of inches lower than I, I ideally wanted it to be. Yeah. So I did that thing where I went to – during my first joke, I went to pull the microphone stand up. Yeah. But instead what happened was it separated. Oh. So the microphone stand is still down the bottom, the bottom half. And then in the other half, I look like I'm like Rod Stewart or something. Yeah, I'm Freddie like,
1: Mercury. Freddie
0: Mercury. Yeah. I have just like half a stick and the, in my hand. Yeah. Now in that moment, I realized I've got four minutes at the gala, I don't have time to spend trying to get it back in that hole. Like, you know. (laughs) So I made a decision on the spot, which was that I ripped the microphone out of the, the thing and then I just flung the rest of the microphone stand off stage. Yeah. And I did the rest of my set. But the whole time while I was doing my set, I was... Thinking about oh, I can't do that joke anymore because I need both hands for that one, and I can't do that, and I'm rewriting on the spot. Right. And so I wasn't wrapped with my set. I, don't, I didn't. Uh, anyway, I tried to get them to not play it, but they they played it anyway. because well, the, you, you know, you, you know, don't get
1: a choice, and you're also too big a name, right? You and know. it wasn't even
0: that it was like a bad set. Like on the, no. the on the night, it went okay, but. I knew it just wasn't the execution of those jokes that Mm -hmm. I wanted. And part of that was just because I was thinking of those things in my head. I was going, ah, shit, my microphone stand broke. Maybe I shouldn't have thrown it like that.
1: How can I do this next joke? Blah, blah, blah. And the minute you're doing that, you're not in the jokes. You're not in the joke. It's interesting what you say about the the act of flinging the microphone stand, even though, and I, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but were you kind of wondering, the flinging of it would have been in jest, but were you worried that people thought you were angry or were you angry? And I was angry. Oh, okay. So
0: I was angry. Yeah. So the flinging of it was almost my getting rid of that anger, you know what yeah. I mean? Like cuz I kind of felt like that was the only way I could deal with it was like in a really And Pete Holmes said to me afterwards he goes, "Oh, I didn't realize that wasn't part of the act. I just thought you were like fucking rock and roll and shit." <laughs> right. So but even that is not the energy Or image that I want those jokes to go out with. So even if it came across as a rock and roll move, that still would have completely thrown the rhythm and, like, you know, the tone that I was trying to have in that situation. Yeah, you're not Russell Brand. Right. Like, you got jokes. Like, people would be like, why the fuck did he do that? Yeah. Either way, it's why the fuck did he do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, so. So how did it look? I didn't. I could never watch it. No. Oh, dear God, no. Have you had feedback? Uh, You know what? I didn't get a lot of. Here's what I would say. Normally when those sort of things are on TV, you get a lot of positive feedback. Yeah. I didn't get much feedback at all. Right. In general. So I'm going to say,
1: you know. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's interesting. That's Sorry,
0: a, The, the re- oh, only reason I mention that is because sometimes what's going on in your head is it's not what's going out to the people on stage.
1: Yeah. And invariably, like, how many times have you walked off stage and thought oh, my God, that gig really struggled. And then that's the one where the most people have hung around to tell you how much they loved it.
0: Oh, the amount of times (laughs) that you... Like, I mean, uh, social media is such an anecdotal thing and you wouldn't want to get a complete read off it. No. But the amount of times you walk out of a set and go, oh, that one was a bit tougher, this... Yeah, then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you'll just get... That'll be the day that everyone writes to you Hell Amazing, things, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, or or I've done gigs where I thought, man, I've nailed
0: the shit right. out of this. And I'm just gonna go home and read hundreds of messages praising me. I'll just stand
1: at the bar and right. see who wants to t- chat to me. No one. No one. <laughs> Not one person. Oh, the loneliness. Yeah. So so I got up the next day and I'm writing in the blog, and I thought it was I thought it was a funny story I thought it was an interesting insight on how a comedian's head could work and I also liked that it was self-effacing because I was saying you know you're making fun of yourself I'm making fun of myself yeah very Costanza review. So, Jerry, so I put it up on Twitter and then I put it up on my official Facebook page and went to link it to my personal one. Yeah. And when I get to my personal one, there is a message from a girl who had asked to be friends about half an hour beforehand. Right. I said yes, because I'm like America at the turn of the century. I accept everyone. Right. And then uh, this woman has put a link for uh, an article about the male camel toe. And I've written to her and mm. I said, oh, did you just read my blog? Because if you did, that was quick. And she said, no, I was at the comics lounge and I missed half your set because my girlfriend and I were laughing at your junk. So oh, it turns out I'm a fucking ninja because I can oh, walk out, see, t- see two tables, wonder where they are, entertain 500 people and hear a laugh in the darkness and know it is exactly about my cock and balls. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think it is a little bit weird that you can so easily identify laughter at your cock
1: and balls. Worst X-Men power ever. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm devastated. Wolverine's going to be making fun of me all the time. That's, that's
0: quite stunning. Like, And did you read the article about the male Kamato? Or yeah. did you? What do they have to say? Because I've heard it's called fly's eyes. That's what I hear. That's
1: what I call yep, it as well. Flies. I, I, I don't think there is a male camel toe. Right. Do you know what I mean? I think that's it's a bad term thing. for it. No. It's fly's eyes.
0: Yeah. You know. It's if the... your camel had a toe like that, you'd fucking go to a vet. <laughs> you
1: would totally right? go to a vet. You get... You'd stop smoking. Yeah. And... <laughs>
0: you right. get that sorted out. And a Joe Camel. <laughs> Joe that's C- going to be on the back of a cigarette
1: bagger. <laughs> yeah, that's Nanky is- foot. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens if you smoke Joe Camel. You'll end up with the fucking male camel toe.
0: Uh, speaking of your gigs at the um,
1: Comics Lounge yeah.
0: that you've been doing,
1: uh, you had uh, someone special at your gig last night. I did. And it was really funny. You walked in. And I was at the bar, uh, Anthony Salome, who's doing support, was on. Yep. I was at the bar with uh, the host, Monty Franklin. Yep. And when this guy walked in, you know when you think, I reckon I reckon I know who this dude is. Yeah. But what threw me was he was in a suit. And I would have expected him to be wearing like a blue singlet and ripped jeans. And it turned out it was Sam Worthington. Wow. The star of the, uh, the highest earning movie of all time. Right. And he, and he was in a suit. He was in a suit. I think he'd just been on the project. Right. Because so I was
0: going to say normally he d- gets about very much in because he, he was a builder, mate, and he was just helping his mates move and he was living on a couch. That's all he did, mate. That's all he did, mate. And so he have much time on this big ball of mud.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you said this is going to make you laugh, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Monty Franklin, it turns out, loves him. He's, it's he's a number one fan. Right. And I could... Monty told me afterwards, but I could tell by the way Monty did a double take yeah. that something special was happening for him. Right. <laughs> he, he went the full Monty. He went the full Monty over Sam. Yeah. And he was holding his shit together. And he and Monty was like, oh, mate, how you going? And was like shaking his hand. And you know what? Uh, and then Monty introduced me and he, he was really nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And... Uh, or I could imagine him not being. But I could def- yeah. I can imagine
0: him also being very nice.
1: Yeah. And that he, Aussie charm. He was there with two other guys. And uh, I, I think the other guy may have been an actor. He was actor. probably just helping him move. Uh, they were probably just moving a couch. And
0: uh, they went, well, we have to move it to the comics lounge. And he's like, well, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you move your couch. I'm a down-to-earth Aussie guy.
1: He's, uh, we don't have much time on this big ball of money. He's a good mate, mate. Yeah, And, uh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and so he went in to watch the show. Yeah. And then Monty was a little bit, oh, right. about it, which I, you know what, well, I am That's not fine. making fun of him because I've been that guy and mm. I, and I enjoy watching someone get that kind of enjoyment. Right. But anyway, it was really cute. Monty normally doesn't do much material before he brings me on, but he asked if he could do five. Right. I was like, yeah, go to for impress, it. To impress Sam. To impress Sam Worthington.
0: <laughs> I went, can just imagine Monty backstage, like, you know, Wayne's World style. You know, I'm not Worthington. <laughs> I'm
1: not Worthington. <laughs> gold Um. he was so excited and I was like yeah go for it but you know what was funny was uh, the first thing that went through my head was remember I used to have a routine where I would do an act out of Sam Worthington talking to Russell Crowe talking to Paul Hogan talking to another Aussie icon and Alf and and Talking to ex Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, yeah, and I suddenly had a real urge to do that routine.
0: Oh my god, well you, you were texting me saying Sam Worthington's here, and I said yeah. you've got to do that bit.
1: But you know, I what said it's a
0: great story either way. Yeah, you've got to
1: do it. I I wanted to do it. Yeah, two things held me back. Yeah. One is I haven't performed that routine in a long time, and I didn't. You'd quite... want to nail it. You want you don't want to. No. And also, I'd I'd shaken hands with it. Right. And it fell off. Exactly. Don't if, mock someone, yeah. you know, that you've just shaken hands with. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good mate. Exactly. So the thing... Mate. 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 So, <laughs> but if, if if Monty had told me that he was there... Yeah. And I hadn't met him... Yeah. Well, then, like, it was like I made a Larry Emder joke once... Right. ...and found out later that he was in the audience. That's that, fine. Yeah, and it was, it was, you know, it was about how good his teeth are. Yeah. But I love love, that. Yeah, and I love Larry Emder. So, you know, it's not even a... Anyway, so... But the other thing was, um, I... So, remember, (laughs) in your text message, I think you said, we're only on this small... We don't have much time on this big ball of mud. (laughs) That's my favourite thing, because he always goes
0: on talk shows and talks about how we don't have much time on this big ball of mud. Anyway. And, but he's right. We don't have much time in this big ball of mud. We don't. The thing is that it's actually a very profound thing to say. Yeah. It's just the way that he says it. All the time. All the time. Mate. So I this, said, why are you feeling so much of that time talking about how little time we have
1: on this big ball of mud? You should be helping your mate move. Exactly. <laughs> you are. He so is, he's I, haven't a to, earth Aussie, I haven't told you this, right? So right. so I, I work out while I'm performing. Gigs going well. I you think. work out while you're performing. Yeah. So it's because I'm trying to look like Charlie Clausen. Right. So <laughs> I've got a gym Imagine on if stage. <laughs> I'm just desperately trying to fill his his, his seat until he's you're ready there to come on an back. ab roller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just working. Out. I got a door. I got a gym. Yeah, just help out. Uh, So anyway, so there was a point where I was talking about dating and being on a bad date and uh, I thought this is like, and and the basis of the joke is um, I was on a date and I saw a guy at the cinema walking up the steps and I saw him trip and fart at the same time and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen and the girl I was with didn't find it funny, and I knew that we were done. Yeah. And so I was saying, you know, like, you, you have to be with people who have the same sense of humour, and I thought, oh, here's where I can say that line. But I was so busy laughing in my head thinking about when I'd get to tell you I didn't say it properly, and I said, I said, well, we're only on this mud of a planet for a short amount of time. <laughs> And I was kind of, I was kind of devastated that I just had fucked it. No one knew. No, no one even flinched no, because. And neither would no he. One,
0: no, because it's too far away from
1: what he says. He doesn't say anything like to... that. <laughs> oh mate, it's like Yoda's doing his material. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did feel like a bit of a muppet, but the only good thing about it was I thought oh, I'll I'll tell you about this tomorrow. Yeah, good. which is today. Yeah, it's like Doctor Who. <laughs> it,
0: uh, oh, so speaking of Doctor Who, oh, hey, uh, so I caught up on the first two episodes of mm. the new series, or episode seven and episode eight, I guess, are of mm. the recent series. of oh, Justin, that doesn't sound like... What what are, you, what are you thinking?
1: Oh, you know how positive I am. Oh,
0: oh God. <laughs> yes, I do. You're overwhelmingly positive. You're Sometimes. You're into things. When I'm into things... Yeah, you're normally just into them, yeah. no matter what.
1: I've really struggled. Okay, why? Tell me why. Because I just don't think the episodes have been very good and uh, th- I-, I quite enjoyed the first one yep. and, I- and I thought there were some things to the first episode that I went I can see what you're doing here yep. you're thinking it's the start of the year at the end of the year it's the 50th anniversary we're going to have new people tuning in to get ready for that so we have to reboot a little bit yep. so we have to reintroduce things yeah I think so and that was fine yeah that second episode was dreadful I thought and I I was bored and it didn't make sense and they were just i just thought it was a bit i just thought it was a bit meh and then the third episode which you probably haven't, I haven't seen watched that one yet. the third episode if it was a run of 13 i would have said ah that's all right they're not all great but it's the third episode yeah. after following the second episode which is i think it's bordering on the worst episode it's like it's one of, it's in the it's in the handful of bad episodes since they brought it back oh wow for me interesting
0: what, what, what do you think the issue is? Just that they're bad
1: episodes? Well, the uh, the second one, it felt like a retread of many things. It felt like a retread of Rose. felt like a retread of uh, The Beast Below with Amelia when she's on there on the space whale. If anyone's never watched it, they'll be thinking, <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? But it, they've already done it better. Yep. There was... A moment where the Doctor just disappeared for a while and then just kind of came back for no real reason other than we wanted to see Clara by herself. Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. The little girl had superpowers for one scene that were never used again. Yeah. We never really found out if the girl fucked up what was going on or the beast just woke. You also had those three dudes who were creepy... And they didn't do anything. And you also had that demon looking thing that looked really cool that did nothing. And then it ended with this scene where the doctor's yelling at a big ball of fuck all. And <laughs> we've seen the doctor yell at stuff. Yeah, and we've seen
0: it done better. It really well. I think I don't want to see him yelling at giant balls of nothing at the moment.
1: No. And it kind of... it did seem like a very weird and it didn't fit as well because we've had this whole thing of he's under the radar now. Right. Nobody knows who he is. So I don't like the idea of him yelling out who he is because yeah. that kind of conflicts. And then also, are you honestly going to tell me that a Time Lord's memories, which could shut down this fucking massive ball of fuck all, isn't enough? But a girl with a leaf is going to make the difference. Now, I know they want us to be invested in her, yeah. but surely there's a better way. Than a leaf? And, and then finally, there yeah, was. Are you the, sure there's a better way than a leaf to get oh, people invested I in I don't this know. Theory? Maybe I'm just getting cynical. But no. the it also had a, a, a Prometheus lack of logic. And you yeah. know, I enjoy that movie in spite of everything I know about it. Yes. The. <laughs> When he says, you know, like, to, at the end, she sort of says, "Oh, have you been? Uh, have you gone back in the past and seen me as a young kid?" And he says, "Yes." She's like, "Ah, oh, okay." And that's not that's in in a world of the fantastic. Right. The the normal things that would happen have to make sense to accept the big balls of fuck all. And the the natural reaction to that is, yuck. Yeah, that's creepy. That is fucking creepy. Like, we know that he's a cool guy.
0: We do, but. She, essentially, he could just be some pervert in a police box.
1: Without a doubt. Coming
0: back and looking at her as a kid. Yes. In the same way as I don't want to watch the Harry Potter movies. I've spoken about this on the podcast before. But I'm not going to watch them. No. Because I want to find Emma Watson hot. She is hot. Yeah, as an adult. Yes. And that's only the time that I've seen her.
1: That's the only time you should see her. Yeah,
0: but I don't want to see the Harry Potter movies because then... I'm like the
1: doctor going back in time to visit her as a child. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and so I just thought it was a a massive misstep. And you know what? If you're only going to do a handful of episodes and rather than a full season, it's like it being in an interstate relationship. You can't catch up for the first time in two weeks and have an all right time. Yeah, no. It has to be spectacular. You're right. And, that's, and these episodes, the first one I enjoyed, I, I don't think it was Moffat's best episode by far, but there was enough in it that I enjoyed and, and accepted yeah, the I reboot agree. side of things. The throwaway line of him with the anti-grav... Uh, bike that he rode in the 2047 Olympics and he came last it was the that was such a beautiful uh, uh, bit of detail that oh yeah I did this and I came last made me laugh but that second episode was just devastating in how average it was it's interesting and then the third episode is a step up but it's still a step up to average
0: Mm. I'm very interested in that Uh, But I've just got distracted by another topic, (laughs) which is this. Um, How do you feel about when you've been in a relationship, Uh. seeing pictures of your girlfriend as a child? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because eventually you will end up seeing pictures of your girlfriend as a child, right? Right. You know, like, you know, because she'll show you something of like, here's yep. a party I was at. Am, or, I, like, am
1: I still in the relationship? Yes.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about those pictures? Do you think they're cute? I always think that's a weird thing because I, like, you know, I, I've got pictures of Amy when she was, like, you know, yeah. a kid and stuff. Yeah. And they're cute pictures because she's a kid, you know, and yep. like, I know her as an adult and you're like, well, that's a cute picture of you as a kid, right? Yeah. But there's something also like that you almost don't want to, remi- like, think of them have, has having been a kid
1: you know I can kind of cope do you with, know what I mean? yes I do I reckon the younger the pictures are there's enough of a disconnect that right. you can go oh that's really cute you don't want to look at them and go wow you're pretty hot for a 15 year old yeah that's right, right. Yeah, you right. know it's just a yeah, bit yeah okay right yeah. so it's interesting my the, the last girl that I saw and we used to live together we used to have on the fridge a picture of her with her mum and I think she was oh anyway she's holding something anyway just really cute But she's about five in it. Right. You know? But I don't want to see one of 16 going to a blue light disco. No. With a blue eye shadow. And some guy with a mullet and an earring in his left ear looking like someone who's really into family ties. (laughs) Skippy, he's skippy. I love that you've thought it through that much. Yeah, I have. So, yeah, so I would rather, you know, heaps easier to objectify them if I don't know their past. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, didn't
1: that end on a terrible note? What? (laughs) No. I'll be honest. For anyone listening, the reason I said that was because (laughs) Will was taking a drink of Coke at the time and I knew it would be perfect timing. It's true. uh, I'm hoping that they might
0: break up my cold. Yeah. The Black Doctor, as Dr. Carl calls it. Oh, Coke. Yeah. 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 If, I think if Dr. Carl thinks it's okay, then it's okay.
1: You know, he uh, when I was on uh, in Afghanistan with him, and I and
0: th- that's a topic that we're going to talk about on the podcast, but not this podcast because we're almost at the end already. Oh
1: yeah, sure, I'll, um, but, so I'll, but,
0: but no, but tell, but tell this. We're talking about Dr. Carl, we'll, but we'll talk more about, about you going at another time.
1: Yeah, uh, so um, so I was over in Af- Afghanistan performing for the troops, and we were with Dr. Carl. Who uh, did you ever have a package issue?
0: while you're performing with the troops.
1: You don't have a package issue anywhere in a war zone. Right. Because that could yeah. lead to something bad happening. Right. <laughs> but uh, imagine that. Anyway, uh, Dr Carr... Well, so you're, was- you're in Afghanistan, so you're
0: backstage. Sam Worthington's there with a the couch. Yeah. Oh, some mates were just coming over to put in a couch, and I just... We don't have much time on this big ball
1: of mud. <laughs> All right, I've got to go out there. Someone laughs. laughs. What the fuck's that about? <laughs> Sam, I think it's your package, mate. <laughs> um, so, Dr... K- and there was a band called Bento, which is uh, the right. new band for Ben Gillies, who's from Silverchair. Yeah. Anyway, the pianist... Uh, I got their
0: box set. The yes, Bento box set. It's tasty, Come isn't
1: on. it? Delicious. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, so Dr. Carl was saying to the pianist that... Um, Diet Coke is worse for you than Coke yes. and it's it's the acid in it and you should, if you've had a mouthful of it, you should not brush your teeth for about half an hour, you should rinse out your mouth, you should really clean it out because it just does so much damage. Oh, is that and right? And that killed this guy, Lockie, because he's been drinking four Diet Cokes a day for about 18 years. <laughs> yeah. So it literally killed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't have long. No. <laughs>
0: But you know what? He looked fantastic while he was young. He was here.
1: It preserved him. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right, Justin Hammond, and we're going to finish this one up because Mm. we're going to try to record another one. So. uh, thank you very much for being part of uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm going to do some plugs. Um, so, like I said, uh, there's only three or four days left in the Comedy Festival, which mm. on Sunday. You're at the Comics Lounge until when?
1: I'm at the Comics Lounge till Saturday, and on the Sunday I'm hosting the End of Festival Moosehead Gala. Now, what's the Moosehead Gala, for people who don't know? So, uh, the Moosehead Gala raises money for the Moosehead Awards, and the Moosehead Awards are given out to shows before the festival begins, for comedy shows, they're a little bit left of centre mm. and what they do, what we do is we pick out the shows that we think will be interesting and have a lot going for them. And, and they shows
0: that perhaps wouldn't get up or would cost the performers a lot of money yeah. to put on yeah. and probably wouldn't make the money back. You know, that's kind yeah. of the idea of them.
1: Yeah, it? like the, uh, one of the shows is... Uh, Wes Snelling and Kate McLennan, it's a show called Standard Double and they play many characters, but the show is set literally in a hotel room and, right. it, and it only seats 24 people and they walk in and out playing all the... And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful show. But you can only get 24 seats in there. Right. So you need Moosehead funding to make that viable.
0: Plus, everybody is rating the minibar. Oh, it They're costs so much. The tiny soaps. So much. People go, I saw a good... Uh, I, saw a good I came home with a bathrobe.
1: Yeah, it's costing them a fortune. Yeah. So uh, so I'll be hosting that on the Sunday. So that's on Sunday night. Do you mm. think there'd still be tickets available tonight? that? There would definitely be tickets available for that and it's a cracking lineup. So, so
0: it's the where is it on in the Melbourne Town Hall? Melbourne Town Hall. And it's the last night of the festival and the idea is it's kind of like the like an alternate gala or something yeah. like it's like a it's the people who kind of had a good festival or yeah. made an impact during the festival or that the Moosehead people think how, how's the gala kind of, how do they put that lineup together?
1: Well it's uh it's the Cause people Cuz in the old
0: days before the, the there was two galas and stuff at the start yeah. of the festival, the Mooseheads used to be the hottest ticket yeah. in town. Like I always thought it was more. I think I was more thrilled the first year they asked me to do the Mooseheads yeah. than I was the first year they asked me to do the gala because yeah. it felt like while well, the gala was about like maybe where you got to in your career or whether you could be on television or something, the Mooseheads always felt like. You know, you've had a good festival.
1: You yeah, know. yeah, definitely. And and we have some plans for it. That will be, you know, it won't just be comedian walk on stage, walk off, comedian walk on stage, walk off. It'll be we have some things that'll be a little bit different. So there'll be some stuff taking place throughout the room, and it'll be uh, it'll be more of a complete show rather than made up of separate bits and pieces. Okay, well, that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It'll I'm, be fun.
0: I'm, I'm really glad to hear that that might be kind of properly back in town because it really used to be the classic send off to the entire festival. Yeah. Go and see a little bit of you know everybody you've seen during the festival, or maybe that you've just heard are doing great shows, and yep. you get to see list, at least a little taste of it. Yeah. Um, my show Goodwill is on until um, Sunday, so five fifteen on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing set lists a couple of times this week as well, so um, you know check your sort of set list guides for that if you want to see me do that. Um, you can always hit us up on the Facebook page. I'm still using the Tofop. Facebook page most of the time for any information about the podcast Um, I'm currently a guest on Margaret Cho's podcast uh, Monsters of Talk so the edition that's out this week um, if people wanted to download that and have a listen to that um, I recorded that at her house uh, before we got very Margaret choned.
1: And, and
0: then I had to go and do a gig. Yes. And it was my last gig in LA. And it was a uh, Christian Schall, uh her right. room. Yeah. And it's Hot Tub, it's called. Her and Kurt do this amazing show called Hot Tub. And it's it's cool. And, you know, like the week before, Aziz Ansari had been on and Mark, Marin had been. It's a good lineup, you know. Yeah. And I've walked in straight from Margaret's house to do this gig. And one of the dudes has looked at me like, he's like, Are you okay? And I was like... I've just been at Margaret Cho's house and everyone just nodded like, ah, yeah, okay, we understand.
1: (laughs) You'll be right. You'll be fine. Yeah. How'd the gig go?
0: Great. Yeah. (laughs) I hear. Lessons learned? None. None. (laughs) no lessons at all. My hips felt fantastic. It was all medicinal. Um, So I'm on her podcast. uh, uh, And, um, oh, next week uh, I'm doing some surprise gigs around the Sydney Comedy Festival. I'm not, not doing my own show, but because I'm gonna be in Sydney for a few days and the Comedy Festival is on. You might see my head popping up here and there around oh, uh, Sydney, just doing some guesties and some fun stuff. That'll be good. Then I'm off to Alaska. So when I know the details of that, I will put the details on my uh, uh, on my website. And then at the end of May, I'm at the Soho Theatre in London for two weeks. Those uh, shows are already on sale. So uh, if you're listening in the UK and you want to see me at Soho, that would be rad as well. Um, you know, book. So they, they think I'm popular. That would yeah. be great. I'd <laughs> really appreciate that. I'll tell people more about other stuff later on. Justin Helman, thanks so much for being part of the podcast today.
1: Thank you.